Welcome to Their Very Best, the podcast where total amateurs make wild proclamations about the work of expert professional musicians, despite having no actual qualifications. I'm Waldron Faulkner. And I'm Bill Noto. This is a definition of my life. Thanks for listening to Wild, Unsolicited Opinions about the beta band. Yes, you did it. So script. I love it. <laughs> Scriptless. It's only been a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Thank you. Both of us. Yeah, totally. All right, I'm going to set the table. First, I'm going to warn everybody that I've got something of a cold. And thank you for bearing with me, Billy. Mm. And I'm sorry. You sound you sound good for what it's worth. You I'm having a good, good moment right now. So we'll see how it goes. And so also setting the table like beta band. Yeah. I don't know anything about this band. I know they're from Scotland. I figured that out. Hey, you know more than nothing. Well, that's something. Let's see how I fare when it comes to actual knowledge. As you're setting the table, I think you're going to share that I'm going to be giving a tour today. Yeah, and I've been thinking about this. I know you prefer to do a three by three when possible, Hmm. but I'm very happy to do these tours, whether it's you in the driver's seat or Tim in the driver's seat, or even if it's me in the driver's seat, because in those ones, I'm usually covering an artist that I feel so strongly about that I can definitely jump in and do like an easy hour on traffic if I need to. Right. Totally. Well, I think that is uh, your, you know, your preference or delight in the tour and my preference for the three by three is one of the natural tensions that makes this dynamic so delightful. Well, when it comes to an an artist that we both already know, I'm happy to do a three by three on those. Yeah. I'm so excited to do the beta band tonight. What's it all about, dude? Well, I'll tell you this. I will give you a little bit of like my exposure to the beta band happened when I lived in California, when I was in my early 20s. And it was a time of life in which like, you know, there was a lot of hanging out and just really lucky and had some friends who were like, let's go see the beta band. I said, sure. Without ever having heard them, I went and saw them. This is the first concert I had seen in a long time. We went to the Fillmore and one thing to know about the Fillmore, it's a cool venue in San Francisco. I think they have black lights in the chandeliers. And what I vividly remember is the band coming out wearing like white Tyvek suits, fully lit up in the black lights with like, (laughs) you know, remember those um, Halloween glow sticks? Yeah. Right. Do you remember the version of it? That's like string. Kind of. Yeah. 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 They had like glow stick string wrapped around them in their white Tyvek suits. They looked amazing. (sighs) And they were like, you know, alien creatures. And it was a super, super exciting show, partly because everyone seemed to be multi-instrument capable. And there were times when they were like all rotating instruments. It's kind of a parlor trick where like they're like everyone's getting up and switching instruments, but it was yeah. really cool and fun to see. At one point there were two drum sets. Two guys were sitting and playing the sort of drum parts, the toms. Two other people were standing over the sets playing the cymbals. It was just like, it's something I'd never seen before. And they had lots of different kinds of instruments, not just bass, drums, and guitar. If I recall, they had a glockenspiel um, and like steel drums and accordions and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Maybe like a tube going into a synthesizer. 
that someone was blowing into and like modulating what they were doing. It was wild and so fun. Let's have a first pick. So the first song to play is Dry the Rain. And this was, I think, probably their biggest song. Uh, this is probably the one that you would call iconic. It's off the album, the three EPs. And this song was made famous in the movie High Fidelity. Oh. Do you remember that movie? Yeah. Did you see that movie? So this is 98. Yeah, of course I saw it. Uh, okay. This was back when like there was like a cultural movement. Sounds very Becky. Yeah, they are kind of Becky. But I think in some ways Becky is kind of beta bandy, actually. Even though, you know, Beck might be a bigger sort of household name. There's definitely like an acoustic guitar plus breakbeat plus sampling plus eclectic found sounds, pastiche. This is all over the place. It's loose. <laughs> you know, I know this song and I have to tell you, I'm pretty sure I thought it was Beck. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Becky it sounds. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the slide guitar that really took takes it over the threshold into Beckland for me. And it it's uh, you know one thing I'll say about these guys, especially in this era when I feel like they were more experimental, like unsigned, just doing stuff. Yeah, they took they took a lot of risks. It, it's very experimental. This album, the three EPs, is, I would call definitely the best one. So like in the movie High Fidelity. John Cusack, I think, is like, I'm going to sell five copies of the three EPs right now. And he puts this song on, and then you see all the people in the record store start to bop their heads. And apparently <laughs> that, like, pentupled the beta band's exposure. Like, they got a major lift from that scene in that movie. So there are three studio albums with this band outside of the three EPs. There's the beta band, Hot Shots 2, and Heroes to Zeros. And honestly, like, I don't think any of those other albums... This might be a hot take. I don't think they hold up to the three EPs. Some people really like uh, Hot Shots too, but and there are some good songs on some of those albums that we'll play. But Billy, if I have Revenge, does that mean it'll really have to come from one of those other two albums or other three albums? There's no constraints on you, Waldron. You're unleashed. <laughs> Revenge will be what it will be. We can go on to the next one because there's a lot. There's a lot to get through. So the next one I want to play, also off of the three EPs, is called I Know. One thing I like about this band is the bass line, which we're hearing right now, and then the very loose and jangly drumming part that's about to come in. Tell me about this bass line. The double stops on that bass are below the interval limit that I was taught at Berkeley College of Music that would be permitted. Do they keep doing that the whole song? We'll find out. But what does that mean for the double stops to be below the interval limit? At school, we had guidelines like, okay, you, you don't play, you don't have this interval below this. Uh, and what's an, for the people who didn't go to Berkeley, what's an interval? So an interval is like the, the distance between two different notes. So that if I play the a C and then I go up five from there to the fifth and play a, uh, a G 
that's the interval of a fifth, right? And a fifth interval is very smooth, so you can go really low with a fifth. But for a sixth or for a major third interval, you, you really can't go very low without them beginning to sound real muddy, and you can hear they're like right on the line. And with this interval here, if it's muddy, they really want that, right? That's mm -hmm. totally intentional here, you can mm -hmm. tell. It's a cool sound, listen. Right? Yeah, I, I think that's a great call out and speaks to their willing to experiment. Some of these songs are, there's like discordant elements. There's the time is a little bit loose and weird and it's not necessarily for everybody. I, I love it. Yeah, I guess the thing I just wanted to talk about though was that the drumming, what's going on in that groove? Like, what are those sounds? To me, it sounds like they, they sampled some sounds and put them in like a drum machine or something or into like an like one of those electronic drum sets. Right. But it almost sounds like keys jangling or something or... It's kind of like you can tell the bass drum's got a treatment that makes it super punchy and flat sounding. Listen. It's super high pitched. There's not a lot of bass note in the bass drum. Yeah. And to get it so like non-resonant, you'd need to treat it. And if you treated the whole drum set the same way, I don't know, maybe it would sound like that. I wonder if they've got the... I don't know. You might get a sound kind of like that if you like had different treatments on the samples yep. of each of the drums in the kit. Yeah. Although the way that thing sounds, it sounds like maybe they like did the whole kit with the same effect stack. Maybe so. There's definitely like a breakbeat acoustic guitar thing happening here. Like that was the same kind of beat the whole time, right? Yeah. So the next song we're going to play is off Hot Shots 2. And it's called Squares. But they didn't make a sound. Oh. They tried to reach me. Well, I want to tell you <laughs> that this takes my revenge out of the... Out of contention? Yeah. This was my revenge song. Here you hear like some of these sounds to me sounds like like someone's like jumping over like Chupa Chupas or something in like Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> Billy, it says it came out in 2001. Do you know when in 2001? Oh, you mean like relative to 9-11? Yeah, because anytime I see that year, I think, you know, if I see a thing that happened in October of 2001, I'm thinking, I think of it in the context of 9-11 because, you know, I was there. It was an important event in my life. Yeah, July 16th. Yeah. So before. Right. And by the way, do you get like a Portishead vibe out of this song? I do. And when I listened to this before, I wondered, is it a re... Is it a cover almost? I'm pretty sure that... Massive attack, maybe? There's a feel There's like this something might be like a that cover. in there. Yeah, I don't know. There's definitely like a, that Portishead thing going on here for sure. What is it? I'm going to look it up while we're talking because I got to figure it out. Okay. Is it Monster? Again, the drums has that similar, like, sort of looping, loping. Yeah, the drums are really cool. They're cool, right? I also like, I like his voice a lot. 
Beautiful Day. So the thing we're looking for is called Beautiful Day. Yeah, let me see if I can find where this came from, because I think that's... So did you look at, like, who sampled? I didn't. I didn't look it up. It's Gunter Kalman Kors Daydream. According to whosampled.com. Oh, or Daydream in Blue by Monster. Did you look at that? That also came out in 2001. For a couple of hours, such a beautiful day. Yeah, so I know this song. Okay, so this is interesting. I found the article in NME, the year the beta band broke, 2001. The beta band confirmed that their new single now be titled Broke and have announced a second live show, blah, blah, blah. As previously revealed to NME.com, the beta band withdrew comeback single Squares due to its similarity to forthcoming track Daydream in Blue by iMonster, a single that is expected to become a huge hit. Both bands had used the same sample from 60s easy listening tune Daydream by Gunter Kalman Choir, used previously by Portishead on their song Sour Times. Oh, okay. How about that? Yeah, so we have to, we'll have to include this little article in our show notes. Cool, thanks. Well discovered and observed, Waldron. So the next song we're going to play is Inner Meet Me, and we're going to go back to the three EPs for this one. So these are, are these ranked in your sort of top? There's the organizing principle is very disorganized. (laughs) (laughs) The disorganizing principle. The organizing principle is I want to talk about them in this order. Like I said, some of these songs, this one and the next one, I feel like are really interesting. This is like really good music to be doing something else while you're listening to it. And just- Is it? I think I, it I feel like it, it might be after you know it really well. You think it'd be distracting? That could be. I feel like that's kind of the pattern is that the stuff that I find really compelling for working to hmm. can be extremely complicated, but I have to know it forwards and backwards. Mm-hmm. So this one, I'm like, why did I pick this one? What is it? And some of these songs, you have to be sort of patient, right? Like this one's six minutes and 19 seconds long. I would not call this pop. I would not call it rock. I wouldn't call it electronica. There's sort of elements of psychedelia and jamminess and all that. It's kind of genre defying. I think they called it folktronica at some point. Um, <laughs> and at some point they were labeled trip hop because they had that sort of Portis heady sound a little bit. Right. To me, trip hop needs to have a, a kind of hip hop vibe to it with mm-hmm. lots of scratching samples. And I, I guess I. There is some sampling and scratching here, though. There's some. There's more than none. Okay. All right, then. (laughs) Talk to me into it, Billy. (laughs) There's definitely a lot of acoustic guitars, too. Yeah, it's it's interesting to have so much acoustic guitar in such a clearly electronica band. I mean, like, I'm not sure we've heard much of it, but a lot of the stuff that I've listened to here when I was listening to a couple of things seemed like you know like the audio stops and starts again and that's yeah. how they get their rhythmic pattern on all kinds of crazy stuff i actually got that kind of feeling that that they're um you know like um 
everything that Radiohead does, like all the weirdest stuff that I love the best, mm-hmm. all of the noises are super intentional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I got the sense that these guys were making all the same kinds of noises, but in a more haphazard way. And that might just be because I'm, you know, like Mr. Negative right now because I've got a cold. Or because actually that's how they are, or because I'm just not paying attention, I don't know. It's interesting you mentioned Radiohead, because I think both bands did a lot of just like, we're just gonna hit record in the studio and record a ton of stuff, and then someone later is gonna sit down and select and edit and cut. And then they would have a song and they'd have to go back and like learn how to play the song. I definitely read that in an interview somewhere in the 90s about Radiohead. Also interesting, Betaband supported both Radiohead and Oasis on a couple tours. And apparently both bands tried to put out a Betaband album. Like they were sort of they liked it you know i don't think i don't think they achieved the same level of success clearly i think they were an influence on and playing with which those guys. Um, radiohead album was a was trying to be a beta band album do you oh, dude I, I don't know <laughs> I have to look that up that would be interesting to know let me let me see if i can figure that out love it all the acoustic guitar is is wonderful in juxtaposition with all this um electronic what do we call them it's moonbirds after the uh air episode mm. the beast was listening <laughs> and she decided that all those spacey noises should be called moonbirds anytime i get the chance to call them moonbirds i'm gonna do it yeah it's a great term I think it's. I think it might be Kid A. No way, dude. If you look if at that's, the, if that's like, oh, let's try to make a beta band album. If Kid A no, is their beta listen, band just, album, just I would, look at this. Look at the. I'll jump out the window right just now. Just look at the Kid A Wikipedia page. Kid A incorporates incorporates influences from electronic artists such as so and so and so and so, Charles Mingus, Coltrane, Alice Coltrane, Miles Davis, Abstract Hip Hop. Black Alicious, DJ Crush, York Sighted, Remain in Light by Talking Heads. Bjork was another major influence, as yeah, was the beta. Are... As was the beta band. So there, Humph, Kid A was okay. an influence. <laughs> or influence okay. Kid A. That's actually pretty interesting, though. I mean, like it's interesting. I think it's different than let's make an album like Beta Band. Yeah. You know, maybe. You just don't want to believe it because you're such a Radiohead fan. Maybe it could be very well be. It's just uh, it's it's blasphemy. It's cognitive dissonance, or it's like violating your confirmation bias, or something. I don't know. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> okay, so the next really weird song to play is the monolith. <laughs> And either Pitchfork or All Music described describe this one as like heavy-handed and a clunker. I can't remember who, but I actually thought this was like a cool one. The Monolith. On the three EPs. Aptly named, apparently. It is monolithic. It's long. It starts with some tweety sounds. 
Sounds like Umagoma. 15 minutes and 47 seconds long. We won't have time to listen to all of the monolith, but it has like... There's no song structure here like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus. Like, that's not a thing. They sample stuff, they're playing stuff. It's a pastiche of found sounds. Turn the volume up a little bit and just listen to this low sound here. You hear that sort of like foghorn thing? It's like an oud or something. It actually is so low that when I was listening to it on my AirPods walking around, it was like making them flutter and make annoying sounds. I wonder why you would call it a clunker. There's clearly a lot going in there. I mean, it's very Amagama-like. Are you familiar with Pink Floyd Amagama? Uh-uh. Several species of small furry animals gathered together in a cave and grooving with a pict. Okay, no, that's, that's a new one for me. Yeah, that's in the height of trippy sort of meaningless Pink Floyd stuff. And gotcha. this thing kind of reminds me of that a little bit from time to time. Uh-huh. Although, I think this is more reined in even than that. Uh-huh. But yeah, one other thing I wanted to say about the drums, there's like a Ringo-ishness to some of the drums, especially to some of the fills. Very loose, very spaced out. Cool. So, God, I, I don't know how to like do this song justice in a summary of it. It's a, it's a 15 minute long opus. And it has like self-referential stuff. I think they're like quoting some of their other songs in it. There's like a meta thing going on. It's sort of like a fractal. Like I like to picture the guy just walking around with like his like tape deck and a microphone recording sounds and then putting them in. Right. And <laughs> that's why I say it does sound a little more haphazard than say Radiohead. Like that kitten noise wouldn't be in the Radiohead thing mm -hmm. because... I don't know what purpose it would serve for the radio. Because Tom York doesn't have the same sense of humor. Maybe. It could well be. Like, I think that might actually be it. I think he maybe takes himself way more seriously right. than these guys do. Right. Right. And I right. think, um, and so do I take myself more seriously than I should. And maybe that's why I gravitate. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So monolith. It's a, monolith is a lot, but I, I wonder what it's for. Like, I wonder why they did it. I wish I knew. So Waldron, it wouldn't be a tour by me if there wasn't one live song. Yeah. And so now we're going to play <laughs> It's Not Too Beautiful, which is on the best of the beta band. And it's, it's a live version. 
on the best of the beta band. The show was at Shepherd's Bush Empire on November 29th in 2004. Again, you'll hear all the things, you'll hear all the things, all the things that are like beta band ingredients that are working for me. I'm going to say this is their very best song. Really? Okay. Yeah. And I love, there's an element that happens in this live performance of it. There's like something that happens that I just love. I hear the Ringo drums you're talking about. Yeah, that fill, right? Some of the live songs that are part of this best of the beta band, I think it was like a two disc set and like the whole show came out and some of it you're like, ah, that just doesn't sound good. Like the vocal, like he got tired, maybe he was drinking. I don't know, but like it just doesn't sound good. But uh, I think he, I think he sounds great right here. I feel like I know this song though. So so this is one of the songs that um, is not on the three EPs. So this one's on Hot Shots too. Came out in 2004. It's on the beta band. It's on the uh, eponymous. Okay. No, that's the best of. You're no, you're right. You're right. The 1999 album. Um, it's on the album, The Beta Band. Yep. I feel like I know this one. I should know what that um, that string thing is going. Like it's very familiar. I feel like I know what that is. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if you can figure it out. That's sampled from a film composer. Oh, <laughs> well, it's disappointing that I didn't realize it's a film composer instead of like some classical piece by Berlioz or something like that. It does sound very familiar. What's it from? Are you familiar with John Barry, the film composer John Barry? No. So this is that that sound comes from the Black Hole, which was a movie that came out in like the late 70s. He did like all the James Bond music and a bunch of other stuff, too. Huh. He did the soundtrack for Midnight Cowboy, oh. Goldfinger, Diamonds Are Forever, <laughs> James nice. Bond theme is by John Barry. Really? Yeah. Check out what's about to happen. There's like this breakdown where like in the middle of the breakdown, tension's building and tension's building and someone in the audience is like, come on, like give it to me. And then they come back. <laughs> I just love that. Like, I love that tension building and the, someone in the audience couldn't take it. And they were just like, let's go. <laughs> I can't wait any longer. Was it you, Billy? <laughs> well, I'm sorry, it wasn't. no, it wasn't you. Because this wasn't. is not from it San wasn't. Francisco. Right. What do we call it? Moonbird noises? Where does, what is the moonbird sound that you're hearing? Eighth notes. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, like, 
how that's done because I guess everybody's got to play to the sample. Yeah. Unless the keyboardist or whoever's playing the sample plays with the drummer, right? If they trigger each one of those. Now, is, do you want to take revenge? Did, is there anything you want to add, Waldron, on the Ooh, revenge side? my revenge. Um, that square song that has the sample, you've covered my revenge, so you blocked me. The final song we're going to play is a single they put out called Outside, Out-Side Radio Edit. Make sure you get the one that's Radio Edit, because there's like three different versions of it. And pay attention to the three and the four. I love this one because you hear you hear the found sounds that like overlap with the lyrics. You heard the seagull, the train, the beast. It's like illustrated with foley noises. I just thought it was fun, and it's yeah, the drums are rocking. Billy, what should the people do? They should get in touch, right? How can they get in touch with us, though, Wajan? Like, if, if you're listening to this show for the first time and you want to reach out, what do you do? Just write to their very best at gmail.com? No, 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 no. It's, it's contact at their very best.com. Or well, some people disagree with us, Billy. For those people, they could hit up uh, wrong at their very best.com. You can follow us at their very best on all the platforms we don't even need to name them just go to their their very best and you'll find us yeah don't go to the one that we don't talk about that one's dead to us yeah you can totally leave us a five star review which is super helpful for us we appreciate it when you do thank you if you have five stars only please we appreciate it when you tell your friends about the show it helps us find new listeners that way and what else Waldron it's good of you to handle all this outro material off script too I'm off just script Billy I gotta <laughs> say man you're a real pro Walton do you think we should do more of these we should totally do more of these we're Watch going out. to do more of these <laughs> we're going to do more of these episodes so beware Watch out! We'll offer more <laughs> we'll be offering more wrong opinions in the near future I'm Waldron and I'm Bill and thanks for listening to their very best I can use it. I can.